0: Vocal fam.
1: Hello. We made it. We made it. Week six.
0: Voice Foundation Week guest episode. Number six. And so we're probably almost eight weeks deep at this point since Voice Foundation. It's probably been about yeah, it's two been a months. While. Uh, it's incredible. Because Basically it, the summer. Because definitely Spider-Man's Remember up by now. Remember that time
1: we thought that like this summer... We was going to be, be plump? Yeah, like a, a lot of plump. Which like, don't worry guys. Plump we're, is coming. It's coming. But then Voice Foundation happened, and we had all these amazing interviews. And then also, I had to move, and things got crazy. And so this worked out really well.
0: It's worked out really well.
1: Because theoretically, like, my life should be a little calmed down at this point. All of our lives should be a little more stable at this point.
0: I'm probably, probably starting to think about school. the school year. Oh, that sounds horrible. Oh, that's so
1: sad.
0: Oh, you and this, I had very different reactions to this that. This will be
1: the first year of my life I don't go to school.
0: I mean, if, if we've released our Stranger Things episode and our Spider-Man episode by now, this episode will air on August the 2nd.
1: Oh my gosh, you are thinking about school. And I'm thinking about how, whoa, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, I'm not going to school. What is my life now? As
0: in like my kids would go back to school like in less D- than a week.
1: It's disgusting how soon your kids would go back to school. I mean, ridiculous, because it's still probably 100 degrees.
0: Sarah, where have we gone?
1: I don't know. Oh,
0: my gosh. Anyway. Summer. (laughs) This last Voice Foundation episode. Yes. Another just wonderful, wonderful conversation. Let me tell you what, folks.
1: How does she do it?
0: I don't know. I, I literally don't know. I don't
1: either. Like I was sitting there listening to her, and I was like, Oh, my gosh. Amelia
0: Rawlings is not only a gem, but Amelia Rawlings is the genius incredible. and incredible. She must
1: not sleep enough. She must like recharge for like 30 minutes and then just keep going because I don't know how you can do all that in a day. I
0: don't know how she does it because really the woman does
1: everything. She does everything. She's like talking about because most people you tend to be focusing on one thing at a time. You're either doing a lot of research or you're performing. Yes. And she's really actively doing both. Yes. Which is just phenomenal.
0: I mean, she's at every conference. She's just, just, wow. Yeah, that's
1: the other thing. Like one conference alone, I'm like exhausted. My bank account is exhausted. (laughs) And I didn't even like have to pay for my flight. As a
0: dear friend of mine said, you don't earn tenure, you buy it.
1: Apparently.
0: I won't tell you who said that. Not
1: even at a school to get tenure and I'm doing this. I don't know how she does it, but wow.
0: Yeah, so all that to be said. So pleasant. All that to be said. What a wonderful conversation with Amelia Rawlings. If you've not read her her research on heel height,
1: that was so cool. It needs to be a
0: priority for you because you need to know it.
1: You do. I I mean, as a male or female, but especially like if you are a girl. Like, let's be real. We're all wearing heels to perform,
0: and so you need to. You need to. You need to see it. Yeah. You need to read it. And uh, man, we were just excited to have her on.
1: I it was amazing. It was amazing. This was incredible I mean it was only 2 days technically like for us like doing the interviews. But oh my gosh, to get in sit to get to sit down and talk to these people was just mind-numbingly amazing cuz they were just every person we talked to in their and they were so different. It wasn't like they were all incredible in the same like you think voice research and you're probably expecting similar people and they just weren't.
0: Oh no, that was that's very true. We I mean really 677 seven, really unique personalities. Very unique
1: personalities, very different areas of research, different thoughts on it and And
0: yet all around voice.
1: All around voice and, and just,
0: basically singing voice.
1: And they were just all great people.
0: Yeah, they were. It was really quite wonderful. It was so just, check out ch- if you've not yet
1: checked out our merch Is checked
0: out our merch store uh i mean you
1: can do that you vocal, can do that we vocal, have vocal, it
0: vocalfry.com, vocalfry vocal fry with an i yeah. uh you check out check out go, go get the merch um so it's been an incredible summer It really It's it's been an incredible summer. As
1: we sit here. And it's (laughs) it's
0: just the beginning of June. Just the beginning of
1: June. And we're like, yeah, what a great summer. We're just... We're putting it out there. This is going to be a great summer.
0: In fact, by this point, we'll have already probably visited you guys in Atlanta.
1: You better have. And so... I'm expecting you to.
0: Oh, that's, we could actually record could a Stranger then? Things episode in Atlanta.
1: Leah won't be there. We can just Skype Leah oh, in. Oh, you're right, you're right. Or even if we like, shoe, we might be ready for some plump
0: oh do we want to start
1: that in person we no can just hit a i think no? that just needs to be done
0: i think plomp <laughs> needs to universally be done remotely
1: just uh, just us with like tears streaming down our face so
0: sarah did you get through that first paragraph nah
1: i read it five times nah nah oh my gosh <laughs> No, this is gonna be a good summer. It's gonna be good a good summer. summer. It's gonna
0: be a good summer. Anyway, check it out, Voice Foundation episode six, our last one. Can't
1: believe it. Sarah
0: and I are gonna be like,
1: Can't actually back
0: with you guys. Yes, and each other. Well, yeah. not in real life, but yes, in real life. But
1: some in well, I'll
0: I'm see. not sure what real life means anymore. What is real life? As I, as, I said, as I said, as I said at the Nats luncheon. Oh my gosh. When we all announced where know. we were from, oh I gosh. I said Nick Perna i exist on the internet
1: can't handle you (laughs) i should have known you're gonna say i thought i thought maybe you'd be like the spider verse but no the internet no uh if i was just cool
0: enough to exist in the multiverse that would be crazy oh my gosh all right vocal fam check it out episode six with amelia rawlings
2: (laughs) You're listening to the Vocal Fry Podcast, your weekly dash of voice science, pedagogy, and pop culture. Coming to you from Hawkins Labs in the Upside Down.
0: Thank you for agreeing to do this. Absolutely. Uh, we have researcher, singer extraordinaire Amelia Rawlings with us. <laughs> about to be n- no longer Rawlings I guess or maybe you're just going to keep your name uh, how close you is your how close is your wedding
2: it is 219 days i think okay oh. well this will be out before then january 4th That's i awesome. was thinking
0: it was late this summer for some reason no, but okay no i hate the heat Ah, good <laughs> and for and you good, South good Carolina, for so you good for you
1: oh yeah bad. that'll be hot
0: <laughs> um well, that'll be exciting, exciting times. Yes. Indeed. Um, I haven't, I don't think we've seen each other since Los Angeles.
2: I don't think so either.
0: It's been, because you weren't at Nats. Right. Right? Right. Yes. So, Amelia the and I have Los known Angeles. each other for a number of years now. Um, I don't remember when we first met. Maybe it's Scott's thing?
2: I, that's exactly what I was thinking, okay. the Ohio State voice so forum. So, we
0: did a little voice forum at Ohio State a number of years ago for Dr. McCoy, and uh and here we are at Voice Foundation. It's been a crazy two days for us. You're our fifth recording session. Oh, my <laughs>
2: goodness. We have one more. Wow.
0: After True. our paper. So I got to give our paper first, mm-hmm. thankfully. And then I can just blow my voice out if we're going <laughs> <laughs> right.
1: So you're just going to scream for the last one, right? No. Mm. no.
0: <laughs> it's questionable. Um, so how are things? Good? Good. You had a good year?
2: Had a good year.
0: You know? Your young, your kiddos are singing well. They are. They are. Just phenomenal stuff.
2: Working hard.
0: That's awesome. I've actually got
2: one undergrad that presented a poster this I year. Oh. I saw. So I love watching
0: you mentor these kids into getting started as undergraduates. That's just. That's right. Pheno- I guess I started that with you. Mm-hmm. Yes. And here we are. Um, but uh, that's what was that on?
2: It was actually on the effects of two meals: one base meal and one acidic meal and we measured them v- perceptually and acoustically LTAS
0: nice uh and yeah. what did, what was what was her finding it
2: was interesting we we only had 8 participants this was our first research sure yeah show. Yeah, yeah yeah but what, i mean how fantastic and it was overnight which was nice you know? yes. okay. was, of course hard to control in some ways uh but what we found was that it was really based on caloric intake and the type of food that huh. they ate okay so while it the group that had the base meal Normally, those foods that are closer on the uh, pH scale to base actually are really low in caloric value. So you'd have to eat... They would have had to eat 18 tons of green beans in order to Yikes, to yeah. get to the level of the group that had the spaghetti no, and meat sauce. No, nobody wants you know. that. No. So, But they came in, and they were actually at a much lower energy level than the acidic group simply because of the caloric intake. So it's definitely a balance.
0: Phenomenal. Mm-hmm. Phenomenal. Um, so... You're at Western Kentucky University. Yes. Still. Yes. And uh, you t- have musical theater voice students there.
2: Yes, I'm housed within the Department of Theater and Dance. They hired two s- voice teachers specific for musical theater style within their own department.
0: It's amazing. Yes. Uh, it's that was my first job was inside a musical theater department. Mm-hmm. Um, and so you, by you yourself, are comfortable singing classical and musical theater That's stuff. right. I mean, just... You know.
2: I pride myself on doing it all. In That's fact, I'm going to be doing a recital this fall. Are you really? Where I'm going to sing. I'm attempting to sing every vocal style. Wow. Everything from Wagner through hip hop through, you know, 80s rock. Give us
0: some like. examples of a couple of things <laughs> oh, you're I putting on Well, I want to know
1: that. what your hip hop well, is. I'm, well, I'm still working on a
2: little bit. I'm, I know I'm going to do a Jesse J song. I'm probably going to do Who You Are by Jesse J. Phenomenal. I'm taking a jazz workshop this summer in Nashville, so I'm excited to kind of bring some of that information Where's in that? Too. It's through the Nashville Jazz Workshop. I'm constantly expanding my knowledge and performance of
1: all styles. So. Really?
0: Phenomenal. Absolutely phenomenal. Is it, Go ahead.
1: Oh, is it not hard, like, switching from genre to genre so quickly?
2: I love that. That's been one of my things from the, from the get-go. My teachers really cross trained me from the beginning. Yeah. And at first I was kind of self-conscious about it because everyone, I would sing this big Wagner aria and they'd say, well why would you ever belt? Like with that voice, you're gonna ruin your voice. You should okay, just stop. Yeah, you should right, just whatever. do opera. And um and I thought that's not really me. That's just no. not me. You know, so I always tend to go against the grain anyway. So I said I'm gonna do it anyway. And Good, that's what I've do done. It. <laughs> and I think also teaching musical theater, you really have to be comprehensive in your knowledge of the voice. Yeah. You know, that makes because sense. they have to sing everything.
1: Yeah. That's true. It's so. it's not. And it's fun. Yes. Oh, we agree. <laughs>
0: Uh, these two have been trained in that vein, awesome, as well. Yeah. Uh, been in our operas and our musicals, mm-hmm. uh, where they've both had to belt and whatnot the last couple of years. They just finished their masters. Um, <sighs> and I am exactly the same way. I mean, with I so. Do you feel then? Would you be in support of sort of a statement like the idea that? Do you feel that like the musical theater singing or the belting or whatever we're calling it, mixing or whatever we're calling it, Mm -hmm. is helps inform your classical singing?
2: It absolutely did. I was singing soubrette repertoire, and then my teacher taught me how to belt, and it completely changed my instrument. I was completely off my voice, just not even engaged at all. Taught me how to belt, the whole top opened up. I got like C to G on the you know, C6 to G6 on the top that I didn't have before substance came into the voice weight good weight in the voice and um okay. it was life-changing so for me you know that's how that's how i train my singers too and even if they don't necessarily have to my musical theater singers they don't have to sing an aria but we work technically as if
1: they are going to pursue yeah. everything from
2: extreme to extreme.
1: So. Well, le- and if le- le- go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say, like, if you are singing music theater, there's a decent chance that you're going to be in a show that is a little more classical leaning right. at some point, so you may as well know how to do it. Mm-hmm. That's right. Yeah.
0: I have a girl, actually, who's, who's a young professional who's studying with me right now, and she was just telling me that she came to me because she had heard that I could teach her how to how to belt properly because mm-hmm. she would never had it. her voice training was strictly as, as a classical singer even though she was only a musical theater singer she had never st- and and anyway but she told me this week that she had a good audition for Cinderella Perfect. because because all of a sudden she's like well I think I can do this easier so much easier now and I was like well I mean mm-hmm. it's, it's just your voice that's right So what are you here presenting this week?
2: This week I'm actually presenting a a different analysis of my heel height research with women.
0: Which is extensive. In case you folks don't (laughs) know, vocal fam, listen, if you don't know Dr. Rawlings' work on heel height, y'all need to look it up because she's the world's leading expert in it at this point. And it's extensive. I mean, it started with your dissertation, yes? Is that a yeah, fair well, statement? Yeah, well, actually
2: started at uh, KU. That. Yeah, we had to do, I had to do a diagnostic study just to be accepted into the program, and that's how I even oh. got interested in it. And then it just kind of kept So you've been out. in this
0: line of research, I guess is what I'm saying, for a while.
2: Since 2012.
0: For a bit. So, yeah. Um, and so, sorry. Now, tell us what you're doing this week.
2: Yeah, so this week I'm actually, so my dissertation, this is actually part of my dissertation I'm presenting. It's one of the fourth research questions of the presentation. But it looks at the effect of formant location, primarily the first formant frequency, on the singer's head position and jaw opening across heel height and across vowel. So the basic research question is, did they statistically change their head position and jaw opening on the pitches that lie above the frequency of that first uh, formant? Mm Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. how did that change based on their heel height? Because what I've found is that the heel height causes a decrease in a lowering of head position and jaw opening, which for females particularly uh, inhibits them from raising that first formant frequency
1: to formant tune in the top of the voice. Huh. That's interesting. That is interesting. So it's funny because l- let's be real, who's not wearing that? Yeah. Sorry.
0: For our listeners who have not read your work... What have you found overall sort of to be the optimal heel height or type of heel or whatever?
2: Everyone asks. And so far based on, and I just finished my first study with men last year, which was really interesting. I've found that basically if you want a high first formant, heel height is not going to help you. Okay. You mean having more heel
0: height? Right. So the
2: higher the heel goes, the more that head position lowers, the more the jaw opening ability decreases because of the lowering of the head position. And so therefore it's harder to sort of boost that first formant frequency. So that might apply to our belters. That might apply to females singing in the top of the voice. That might apply to musical theater men trying to do a sort of call belt style if they want to use the first formant frequency to track. Yes. um, The second harmonic. The place where it might help, heel height might help, is with our classical men who actually don't want that yell gesture as they go up, hmm. but who are the people that normally don't have to wear high heels? Yeah, the classical it's men, the guys. So. Yeah, that would be the one, unless they're wearing lifts for some reason. I was
0: going to say, Franco Corelli, there that great go. story <laughs> and great singers on great singing, when Jerome Hines walked in, he, they, Hines said that the first rehearsal they ever went to, because Hines was 6'7", the first rehearsal they ever went to, Corelli was used to be in the tallest guy on stage. The next rehearsal, he came in with six-inch lifts, so that Corelli was 6'2", uh. so that he was 6'8", <laughs> so that he was one inch tall. Yeah, that's a great, it's a great, it's in great singers on great singing, yeah. you can look it up anyway. That's it's so funny. Uh, It's awesome. So, I mean, but, I mean, so compared to like a character shoe is that mm. sort of okay
2: well the next sort of step i'm going to go with this research is really looking at it qualitatively and what's required for casting norms now i mean there's a mm. whole gender oh. sort of bias oh. in your course. Yes, um, certainly and so for my for my women i i say you've got to if you're gonna wear them here's what you should do and i tell them normally go with a character shoe like heel as in Based on just the heel height research that we know, the thicker the heel, the mm-hmm. more solid the heel. That's just going to keep you safer
1: just in your everyday I was <laughs> yeah. just prefer those. They're more comfortable. The right. Thing. I remember,
0: I mean, early on in my undergrad, I realized how much I did not like wearing heels to juries just because I just don't feel as, like,
2: Stable. Right. You won't. Stable. You won't. It changes the mean center of gravity. Yeah. yeah. There's a whole effect on your um, alignment and, so I would, and muscular composition. I
0: mean, I started... Picking my, what I was going to wear for juries, picking my outfits based on the shoes, that, the I shoes that I was willing to wear.
2: wear. Yeah. Right. Right, not to mention the
0: the
1: risk of slipping and falling. Right. I That's something like sixty eight percent. I don't need to put like any sort of stiletto yeah. on or anything heel over like two inches. Yeah. Like nope. Or
0: like recital dresses. My mom every time we go, I would go and try and pick out a dress for recital. My mom would be like, "Do you want to get some new shoes?" And, and you are like, like no, "No, I really don't.
1: <laughs> you are not going to see my shoes in this dress. Yeah. I am wearing flats." I want flats. something
0: boring <laughs> and stable. That's right. Yeah, but. You know this is this brings back a memory for me because uh, it's something you said actually yeah. right there about raising the first formant which can be a thing a strategy particularly of coloraturas in the uh, in extension right sort of coupling the second formant you know whatever it brings back a memory I was t- right around the time we met mm-hmm. I was teaching a coloratura had a coloratura in the studio very fine singers gone on to do a masters degree and whatever but sometimes uh for performance she had heels that were weapons. <laughs> mm. And I mean, her shoes literally looked like weapons right. in general. Those kind. And I used to make her... I said, listen, if you're going to wear these for recital... I We did like for her senior recital, which was like... You know all this crazy high stuff. I made her do every single lesson that whole semester in them. Mm-hmm. But it made it was interesting. She never really got over the struggle with them. That's right. Even though she had like, if she was just standing on the ground, I mean, she had you know every note you could. F- she That's kind of right. queen of the night for us? And as a, as a senior in undergrad, and was phenomenal. Um, but it makes it makes me. It's it's an interesting. I never thought of it in that regard, and I'm really glad to know that. That's I right. wish I would have known that eight years ago (laughs) or seven years ago or whatever um so i i you know we here's a question they were in guard because what you're doing does have to do with a tire and i remember last summer i think one of the more controversial things that came up in our discussions at Ped summit too Mm -hmm. was sort of Attire. Have you run into anything with that in regard to like sort of things related to body shaming or anything like that regarding the heel height stuff? Has that ever, has there been any Venn diagram that you've run into intersection there or not?
2: in my own experience yes but i'd say i mean i still want to look at that in a research really controlled environment because perfectly fine um there's a book there's a great book on this that talks about even heel height being used in natural selection and that the ones with the higher heels and the pointier toes are actively searching for a mate and those that are not are considered wearing what they call sexless shoes I mean, it's it's a Ouch. real thing. <laughs> and so how does that actually inform our auditioning and, and performance, you know? Not to mention there's a whole historical aspect of it, you know? Right. If you've got costumers who are trying to stick to a historical yeah. norm. So, yeah, I think that's
0: interesting. I just remember that that was one of the topics that in our discussions definitely that caused some... A stir, so to speak. Right. And I remember all those young graduate students just sort of looking at the whole room like, are we? this is 2019, why are we even having this conversation? Uh-huh. Anyway, anyway, since you were future research or you're singing or obviously you're doing a recital in the fall, it's fantastic. What, what, what do you have coming up?
2: Well, you know, I won the Van Lawrence last year. Yes. So Phenomenal. I am continuing my work in that area by using um, motion capture. With head huh? position and jaw opening, primarily looking at its the effect of pitch and vowel now. So heel height created this entire new understanding of the relationship between head position and jaw opening, which voice pedagogy research has not really taken to, uh, into no. account, especially when we use MRI and limit head position. Um, so I'm looking at the effect of basically pitch and then vowel opening on both head position and jaw opening. And motion capture allows you to measure it continuously. Which up until this point, I've had to do it manually, which takes a long time. Because you have to pause and then measure with an on-screen yeah. protractor. I remember. I've seen it's some like of your diagrams of you that doing that. Yes. Talk so. to us
0: about the motion capture. How are you doing that?
2: I'm at, Well, I'm just at the beginning of my study in that. Okay. So, um, you know, exercise science researchers use it all the time and with no big deal. So, hopefully it's going to provide me with a continuous measurement that I can use. And then compare to the acoustical data, which is continuous. So, so far it's matched up pretty much, but it's always hard when you have one, you know, discrete measurement and then one continuous.
0: Phenomenal.
2: So, I'm excited. I think that will change the way that we measure um, in our voice research.
0: Well, I mean, there's certainly, I think, I agree that a lot of the stuff related to jaw opening, because it's been hard to measure. Right. That's been the thing, right? Mm-hmm. You know, like so many things when they're difficult to measure, you know, it's like, <sighs> I'm sure this happens to you. People probably now are starting to come to you to ask you questions about singing voice research and whatever. Sometimes singing teachers want to maybe know about something or investigate something for good reason. Right. But maybe the technology doesn't exist to actually Mm -hmm. look at the thing that they want to look at. Sometimes Mm -hmm. you're sort of like, well, yeah, we could do something like that, but not that. Right. (laughs) Right. So, I mean, this will be, that'll be sort of a game changer for you, I imagine. It
2: is. And it will, I mean, it's all based on angles because obviously you don't want to limit the singer to where they can't move at all to measure it. So as long as you can have a good angle measurement and the motion capture will give me continuous mean data, I'm really excited to see where that takes us.
0: That will be my goodness gracious! That will be phenomenal. Mm-hmm. I have to tell you, I I, ad, I admire your career from afar because <laughs> I see you just doing everything, and I know how difficult that is. Yes, and just you know, speaking as a colleague, I I I and so just know that you have this dude's respect, <laughs> uh, oh, <thank> because <laughs> I it's you're at every conference practically i
2: try to be i try to be
0: and and then you're still working on your singing and and all of i mean that's just impressive well
2: i'm really big about the three prongs of performance teaching and research and and i sometimes you know it's like you said it's hard it's hard to at the end of the day when you've taught you know 18 million students to then get yourself in a practice room and and figure something out oh, or oof. work on a rep or whatever but it just, it, they all work together so well and impact each other. Every time I teach a student, that gives me something to research, gives me something in my performance, and vice versa. So I really believe in, in that, that model.
0: What a beautiful, holistic statement yes. that yeah, was. Yeah, it really is. I think you're our second, because you went to, one of your degrees is from Penn State, right? Yes. I, our, yeah. Is undergrad? No, uh, masters. master's.
2: I got my master's there in 2011.
0: Um, you're our second Penn State alum. Yes. Because uh, Lori Sonnenberg was on the podcast <laughs> yesterday. So you're our second Penn State alum uh, here at This Voice Foundation. Yes. Who knew, I guess. There are a few of us here. Yes, indeed, indeed, indeed. I guess Norman Spivey's ears are are ringing <laughs> somehow. Uh, um, ha- so tell us a little bit. You had done your PhD at Kansas. Right. Has Jim Dorney retired? He did. He retired.
2: He now lives um, outside of Atlanta, but he's still a huge mentor to me. And sure,
0: of course. I mean, a legend in the field. And, and he, you know, he did. He you know, did. Whatever. I mean, he,
2: he totally is my research mentor.
0: Absolutely. Well, you're one of the few people who I admire so much, so, you know, who can really sing and teach singing, but like Josh... You can also run statistics like <laughs> with the best of them. And I'm sure you have Jim to thank for a lot of that. You know, I do.
2: Mainly because he said, you will take these statistics courses. <laughs> no ifs, ands, or buts. And I was like, but I only have to take one. He said, you will take all of these statistics courses yeah. uh-huh. because you need it. And I'm so glad he did because yeah, it makes it, such a difference.
0: It's one of my, I have two great holes that I always feel in my own self. One is that I never took a statistics course. And the other is that I don't speak a foreign language fluently. Mm-hmm. I wish I did, mm-hmm. but I don't. Um, wh- wh- regardless of which one it was, if it was German or French or Italian or whatever, I, I, but but so I admire you for that uh, that as well. And gosh, this project that we're presenting this afternoon, after Josh ran our numbers, I was like, oh, uh-huh.
1: statistics. Oh,
0: <laughs> okay. Yeah. Well, I have a much greater understanding of what we did now.
2: Oh, it's so great! So great. <laughs> <laughs> Especially when you get into a and regression, I mean, those are my favorites.
0: Well, <laughs> we did we did paired t tests yeah. with everything. Uh, well, actually, no. With one of them, it was a Wilcoxon signed ranks test because it was they were, uh, they weren't non normally distributed, so we right, had okay. to we had to change that. But it's fun. It was yeah. fun. It was fun. What time's your paper today?
2: Two fifty. In All our right. room
0: or the other room? Uh, are you in the room with I'm Kathy with monitoring? Kathy. Okay, so are we? So yeah. I will. I will hear you like you're like two people after us. Awesome. So I, I absolutely will look forward to that. Okay, so Amelia, being on Vocal Fry. Of course. The, yes. the, the, so we're half voice pedagogy Love and science, fry. half nerd pop culture. Okay. So do you have any nerd pop culture interests at all or anything else that brings you joy that doesn't have to do with singing?
1: Yeah, we've talked to people Not about like unicycling. Yeah. Nobody wants to admit that they're. I will so happily nerdy. admit that I'm a nerd, yes. but I get that some people that's not a thing for. But like we've literally talked to people about like unicycling, gardening, stuff like that over the past. So far, few days. these
0: couple of days we've had unicycling, gardening,
1: acrobatic, acrobatic yoga, acrobatic yoga,
0: wow. running. Um, what else have we had? Gardening, true crime shows, Star Trek, Star Trek. So yeah, who uh, runs so the it, gamut. We won't limit you. We run, we won't run limit quite you. the gamut. I mean, Vocal Fry. We have sort of our focus on uh-huh. Doctor Who, Avengers, and Star Wars. Yeah, um, <laughs> but, but we won't
1: limit other people. But, but
0: so uh, it could be books you're into reading. It could be uh, oh uh, gosh, uh, basically
1: uh, your non
2: music life. Well, I have I have done pretty much everything. I used to do taxes. What? Oh, I did. I used to, I still run a side uh, headshot photography business. I'd done one wedding and said I would never do it again. But okay. when my students need a good headshot, I take care of all it. All right. Wow. Um, what else? I'm what a totally, phenomenal gift to your students. Yeah, it, it helps. It helps. Yes. Um, I'm totally into motivation, habit forming, all of that. Okay. Science. So, like Tony Robbins, I, it sounds so crazy, but like, he is Nothing's like crazy. Jean. Okay. Um, if you don't know him, look him up. Um, just total life visioning and motivation, okay. which has been great for actually my teaching. Has he been your favorite sort <laughs> of author has. that you've I sort read? Of found or him via the Rachel Hollis, uh, you know, girl wash your face thing? Um, she was. He was her mentor. Okay. okay. And so then I found him, and I'm actually hoping to go to one of his conferences um, this summer. So
0: how long have you been into that?
2: Uh, Probably about two, three years. Phenomenal. But it's it's just, it's really cool. And I think it changes how we, how we teach our students. Because what I realized, the whole way I got into it was just personally looking at habit forming and everything as I was changing my own life. Yeah. And then I thought, these students, you know, I'm giving them these tools to sing, but it's more than that. Some of them, it's like finding, why do you want to even do this? You know, why are you, why are you here? What's keeping you from practicing? What is your vision for 10 years from now? Like, getting into that and it has totally transformed my teaching
0: oh that's just such wonderful stuff don't all of our students need to hear that they do don't both of you need to hear that (laughs) Yes. just for what it's worth just saying
2: yeah (sighs) and it's it's cool because um he talks about limiting beliefs and so in my classes a student will say well i just can't limiting belief and i just call it and so I've, I've really changed the way, especially my coursework that I teach, uh, musical theater rep and workshop and group voice. I've turned it into like a really motivational sort of, it, it's, it's a different way of teaching. It's a high energy, like they don't have time to get distracted or anything. I have them on it from the moment we begin and well, it's yeah. really interactive. So it's fun. Yeah.
0: Where Whoa. can <laughs> people go to read about your work or where can they find you... Through your university's webpage, do you have your own webpage? Yes, I've
2: got my own webpage. It's actually relaunching in July because I'm doing an online voice teaching module program now. Cool. So tell I have us a about lot of that. Students, well, I have a lot of students online, that all over the world, that I teach through Zoom. Okay. And um, and I found that because I just my students would go off, and some of them, like I, it really started with this one student. She ended up doing an Amish musical and she had no way to study and she was really wanting to continue. She was really a classical singer wanting to continue working on her belt. And so we started doing that. And so I thought this is great. So now I have this whole, I have teach two days a week, just all private students online okay. across the world. And what I found is that I keep repeating myself with the same concepts. So I thought, wouldn't this be so cool if we just had this online module on demand like here's a video on closure. Go do this video, and then when they come to me after doing this series of twenty plus videos, yeah. Then we start working individually on their own. But huh. they've got a working terminology. They've got a working knowledge of what's going on, and anatomical and physiological. Yeah. Model. So that's really Anyway, that's going to be launching in July. So I'm excited about that. And um, yeah, and I'm and I teach group voice class online too, which is okay. We had our first Zoom recital. <laughs>
0: Zoom That's recital. <laughs> it was. How did you do that?
2: They're all on there and they can have their parents or whomever join from wherever on Zoom, you know. Okay. And then they have recorded tracks on their end. And okay. so everyone's muted, and when it's time for them to perform, they turn their track on, and they perform
1: for the, for the oh camera. Oh my gosh, that's really what cool. What
0: a 21st century yeah. idea, our, oh my gosh. It's actually not that, smart, I'm gosh.
1: not that smart, but. I'm guessing that's how the group classes work, it too? Is. Okay, that's cool. And
2: I run that so I can mute and, and whoever bring needs live to be whoever done. I want to yes. hear to. Yeah. It allows me to hear each individual and mute the group.
1: Oh, that's nice. So yeah, so yeah
2: it, it works out really well. And it's, it's good for singers, because a lot of singers don't have a lot of money. So yeah. that's a
1: real Very thing. True. Yeah. That,
0: yes. Phenomenal. <laughs> and so, what is that website that will, because this will probably launch in July. It might go up at the end of June, but it'll probably be in July. So, what's yeah. the website address?
2: AmeliaRawlings.com.
0: AmeliaRawlings.com. Oh, easy. Easy, yeah. easy peasy. Yes. We've had a lot of easy websites so far my this favorite week. favorite Yes.
2: <laughs> and if, if anyone's interested in my heel height research, my entire dissertation is free online as part of KU Scholar. Okay. If you just okay. type in KU Scholar Heel Height Amelia Rawlings, it'll, it'll pop up. up. And it's the entire PDF. Yeah, the that's Google the does pretty well. The Google does pretty well. Yeah, the Google <laughs> does. And I know a lot of people don't have access to, to Journal of Voice and everything. so Right. That's can, you can thing, find yeah. that online and it's easy. Okay. Whenever Good. I have
0: someone looking up something on IMSLP, I'm always like, just type in the song title and the letters IMSLP. There so much Do not use Patrici's search no. engine because it's garbage. Use Google. The Google does much better. That's right. It does Google. much better. <laughs> the google (laughs) Google. well you know remember that remember that conversation we had right at the beginning of the podcast where i didn't know how to say that online encyclopedia
1: like britannica
0: no no remember (laughs) the one that starts with the w
1: oh my gosh wikipedia we did a whole
0: thing on like our very (laughs) second or third episode we ever recorded Mm -hmm. because uh, i totally forgot that i thought it was said wikipedia because like we say wikilinks
2: Right. What does it say? Wicca. Wikipedia. It's a schwa. What?
0: It's I a schwa. I did shwa. not know this either.
2: I definitely been forgot schwa
0: forever. Yeah, I say
1: Wikipedia. It's no, wikipedia.
0: wikipedia Oh no, I do
1: say Wikipedia. Yeah, you right. say it like a normal person. He's the I weird one. I thought it
0: was wiki.
1: <laughs> wikipedia. Wiki- I totally forgot <laughs> that hilarious. that had even like, happened. I flow. Exactly. So I think my point thing, like, is, sometimes I, I don't know it how, how to pronounce and Michael and I were like, things. I'm sorry, what? <laughs>
0: shows my age i'm right on that bo- Wiki, i'm not a millennial Wikipedia. i'm right on that, bo- I'm in that i'm in that what sometimes they social anthropologists call the lost generation right. or the oregon trail generation <laughs> the oregon. I'm, Wait, I
1: love oregon because trail. i'm not
0: a millennial but i'm also not quite old enough to be a gen x or i sort of wish uh-huh. i was um because i wish i was as angsty as my gen x friends but i'm not <laughs> You're quite as angsty. Angsty. don't
1: worry about it yeah, plenty, uh, well
0: anyway. <laughs> anyway amelia you are Delight, and honestly, one of the most I think up and coming successful people in our field, so and I'm you. delighted to have you on Vocal. Thank Friday. you, I'm so fun. delighted to be here. Uh, and we will share this all over once once for it goes real. live, and Excellent. get you copies of it, links, and all that Excellent. kind of stuff. So thank you so much. Okay, awesome. Hey, before we end though, today we didn't do we didn't do it. What'd you have for breakfast?
1: Oh my gosh, we went to this little cafe here in Philadelphia, and we got a waffle, and they I I got <laughs> chocolate I could pour on it. It was so good.
0: That's a very vocal fried <laughs> breakfast. It
1: was so yummy. We always
0: do what Sarah had for breakfast. Oh, every perfect. episode.
1: Yeah, because sometimes it's been weird. This morning was a very normal breakfast. That
0: was that was a very Sarah breakfast. It was
1: so good. Yeah,
0: yeah indeed. <laughs> All right, vocal fam, we we're, we're, we got one more in Philadelphia, but but peace out to you guys. Bye. Bye.